time for Lickin' On Lending. Welcome, everybody. Good to have you with us. Welcome to Lickin' On Lending, a weekly mortgage market update providing up-to-the-minute information on interest rates, loan programs, and hot industry news, all related to the mortgage industry. Brought to you by Transformational Mortgage Solutions. To participate in today's program, our guest call in line is 646-716-4972. Now here's your host of Lickin' On Lending, David Lickin. Let's begin. Good to have you with us, everybody. It is Monday, June 22nd, the day after Father's Day. Also, the summer solstice weekend just passed, and hope you enjoyed it, whatever you did for Father's Day. We're going to be having later on in the Hot Topics segment, Tim Ross will be joining us. Well, we actually pre-recorded it, and we're honoring his dad. And Tim is right in the middle. He has a son in the mortgage business, and his dad's in the mortgage business, Hugh Ross. And uh, Tim started Ross Mortgage up in the Detroit area. I was originally introduced to me by Alice and Jan Wetzel, and then we've become fast friends. We're really grateful to have them, and we'll want to honor the Ross family on Father's Day, specifically Hugh's relationship with his son, Tim. Unfortunately, Hugh's health has deteriorated to the point that he is not able to join us live. We had hoped for that to happen, but Tim did a great job of honoring his father, and then also talking about the next generation coming up. So we're going to have Tim on in the Hot Topic segment. I want to say a special thank you to all of you, our listeners. Again, this podcast is created by mortgage professionals. It is for mortgage professionals, and it is our commitment to bring you timely information in an audio format that you can listen to anytime, anywhere. We're proud to be a part of two organizations that I want to talk about initially is the Industry Syndicate. It is a syndicate of podcasters that are out there creating great content that can help you in your business, check out industrysyndicate.com, well as mortgagemedia.com. Thrilled to be a part of both of them. The Mortgage Media one, we do the the Daves, the two Daves. We do a great job of approaching the topic. Dave Matthews, Dave Licken, we go on and just talk about the issues that are going on front and center, and we take it from two different angles. I think it's something that people will enjoy. So go check out in Mortgage Media, the podcast, the two Daves. Perspective will welcome your feedback. I want to give a shout out to Christy Moss. There's so many of you guys. There are listeners out there. We're so grateful for all of you. I could just go on and on about all the listeners. Uh, Christy Moss, I want to give her a shout out. Again, she is just so faithful to go in and uh, retweet and share our podcast. That's a great idea. I forward some of your episodes over to our boss. He needs to hear these. And then a good number of bosses are making sure the managers are sending this out for their staff to hear. So we're grateful to however you have come to be a listener. We're grateful for it. Encourage you to share it with others. We are here to serve and be a blessing by giving you information. Again, you can listen to anytime, anywhere. Special thank you to our associations. Another thing we're a member of is the Mortgage Bankers Association of America. We're thrilled to have that association. Mortgage Action Alliance allows you to have your voice heard. So be sure to go and listen to some of the information and read some of the information. We've done some podcasts on the Mortgage Action Alliance, but go get signed up for it. It's a way to have your voice heard in Washington, D.C. NBA does all the heavy lifting, so it's really great. Also, Finastra does a great job with their Fusion Mortgage Bot Solution, automating many of the complex compliance issues. But I love their engagement system. What they have as a POS is really good. It's a great complement to another one of our sponsors, Accelerate. That is an engagement tool we find very effective. Go back and listen to the podcast that we did with Josh Friend. Very powerful what you can do to how you engage consumers right now. It's just getting better and better. So both Finastra and Accelerate do a great job of that. 
We're also members of the Lenders of One organization, co-op, as well as the Mortgage Collaborative Co-op. Both of these organizations allow you to have meaningful relationships with vendors and lenders. Also, the peer roundtables that I have in both of these organizations are just so positive. Also, the Community Mortgage Lenders of America, as well as Indicom. By the way, Josh Friend's podcast was on March 23rd. Go back and listen to that with Incelerate. Also, Ainsworth Advisors, more and more people are saying we need an advisory board to help us navigate through these very challenging times, very interesting times. So uh, go check out the AinsworthAdvisors.com as well as AI Assist, which uses artificial intelligence to help you in your marketing campaign. That is so cool what they're doing. As well as David Robnett and the team over there at Celebrity Home Loans is doing and growing their business through acquisitions. Check out their website as well as KnowledgeCoop. Ken Perry, we just love what they do as far as a learning management system. As well as Mobility RE and Modex, both of these companies helping you recruit the right people and get the facts before you hire someone. As well as Velma, Vendorsurf, and Vidyard. Grateful for all of them as well as our regulars. Now Alice, Andy, Alan, and Matt, the newest member of our podcast family. Let's get over to Rob Van Raphorst, get an update from Rob and all that's going on from the MBA's perspective. Rob? Hi, I'm Rob Van Raphorst. Welcome to the Mortgage Minute and the latest news from the Mortgage Bankers Association. Last week, MBA released the results of its latest forbearance and call volume survey, which estimates that the share of loans in forbearance rose slightly from 8.53 to 8.55% in the week ending June 7. The Ginny May market continues to exhibit the, le- the largest share of loans in forbearance at 11.83%. Also last week, CFPB published a compliance aid, which frequently asked questions to consumer reporting obligations in response to the COVID-19 pandemic. This compliance aid addresses reporting requirements with respect to borrowers who have been granted forbearance under the terms of the CARES Act. And finally, last week, FHFA and HUD extended the foreclosure and eviction moratoria on single-family loans backed by the GSEs or insured by FHA. Both announcements extend these moratoria through August 31st. The FHA moratorium does not apply to vacant or abandoned properties. That's it for this week. Thanks for joining me. Good job, Rob. Appreciate it. Again, check out the MBA's Mortgage Action Alliance. Get your voice heard on Washington's on the Hill. All the legislation that needs to happen is happening. Very important. Alice is going to give us a little more of an update on some of that. Les Parker's here with this week's TM Spotlight and this week's Macro View of the Market. Les? TM Spotlight Soundbite is brought to you by Power Seller, making hedging easy. Lucid. Live transmission. Central Bank. Live transmission. Listen to the silence. Let it swing. The economic guillotine keeps rates going up and down, yet trends lower and lower to zero. Daily moves depend on whether the market focuses on negative economic outlook or the rapid return of positive growth. The Fed transmits news for the market to twist to, including controlling the yield curve and buying corporate debt. Is the Fed the reason stock zombies grew steadily to 20% from 2% in 2007? Does everyone dance to the central bank? These views are my own. Go to tmspotlight.com to subscribe to my daily newsletter. Yeah, that is an excellent newsletter, tmspotlight.com. Check it out, Les Parker and Gary Kenterbone. Thank you so much. Les Parker's newsletter is free. There's a couple paid versions. Get some more information there, but check it out. Go to tmspotlight.com. 
Matt Graham, so good to have you with us, friend, up there in Portland, Oregon. We both got out there and spent our Father's Day working in guards of doing that. We're both feeling a little pain, so uh, I'm feeling your pain, right. you're feeling mine. So is the market giving us any pain? Give us an update. What's happening? Yeah, no, market is a bit subdued so far to start the week, and that is just fine considering where we are in the bigger picture, just to bring us up to speed on where we've been. Last week was a week of calming down, I would say, after Monday sort of started things off on a bad note. And the market's getting back to trading the potential second wave of coronavirus stuff. Hospitalization (laughs) spiking and California, Arizona. Yeah. And so that is probably what was behind the big drop in stocks two weeks ago. And bonds were already correcting and heading lower that week in yield. And when stocks decided to bounce, it was last Monday, bonds got pulled along for the ride, rates got pulled up, and it started last week on a bad note. But then we saw things calm down really nicely through the rest of the week, four straight days of rates closing slightly lower than they began the day. And now this week, we're starting out fairly flat. As we just heard, the Fed is heavily involved in the market. Did you happen to catch the live webcast with Congress? Live news stream on your website. I absolutely love that. So it's up all the time on my screen and I'm clicking on different things as it pops up here. So kudos. People got to check out this very cool MBS live website. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt that, but the enthusiasm. No, no problem. Yeah. And we follow along with Powell when he is speaking with Congress. It's a mix of entertainment and information. We weren't really expecting to hear anything riveting as far as new information went, but he did reiterate and uh, other Fed members reiterated by the end of the week, hey, there's really no limit to how much we will buy in terms of bonds in order to soften the blow of this economic downturn created by coronavirus. So bond markets like to hear that. It helps stability. But I think that the correlation between stocks and bonds right now is one of the big stories, probably as far as bond market momentum is concerned. And We could look at that in terms of bonds following stocks, but I think the better way to look at it is both stocks and bonds following the evolution of this coronavirus response. Are we Mm going to see a second wave? And if we don't, if it dies down from here, then we can expect rates to continue to trend gradually higher. And if things get a little bit tense and we're not exactly sure how that balance is going to look between economic reopening and coronavirus case count, then we could see rates remain in this all-time low range. So that's it as far as markets go. We're starting the week pretty flat this week, but I think that listeners need to be aware that the overall trend is very gradually toward higher rates. I know that's not always everybody's favorite thing to hear, but it stands to reason, right? I mean, if if we're able to get past this, then rates should move higher. So I can talk about last week's housing data if you want, or we can move on, whatever suits your needs. Yeah, yeah, chat on that just briefly. Give me an update. Yeah, sure thing. So there's something for everybody in last week's housing data. (laughs) If you are into into refinances, you got a refi boom that is continuing according to the MBA refi data. I think most loan officers don't really need that data to let them know that that's going on, but it's always nice to have confirmation. Really interesting thing is that purchase applications were at the highest level in 11 and a half years. That was a crazy number. Yeah. Right? I mean, amid all the reports of housing start still being really kind of lackluster and existing home sales this morning down another almost 10%, under 4 million yeah. annualized pace. It's staggering mm-hmm. and very interesting to consider what's going on with purchase apps. Yeah. Why do you think that is? I have a theory. What's your theory? My theory is that... <laughs> Existing home sales counts cash buyers and purchase apps Uh, from MBA don't. So I think we're seeing some of the effect of, of how big of a player 
all cash buyers were. And that's why purchase apps can, can bounce back. And incidentally, it also made builders exceedingly confident. Their confidence bounced back to late 2018 levels. So the cool thing to think about, last thing I got, is with housing starts and building permits, we've seen building permits stay much stronger than housing starts. And that suggests that the drop-off in construction is, as you would hope, largely a factor of people that are unable to work because of quarantine measures, but that the demand is there and they will be getting back to work as soon as they can. And you know, hopefully they can do that without case count spiking. And if we are going to have to endure higher rates, it will be because the economy is going where we want it to go. Yes, indeed. Very interesting. So I'm over here on your website. I'm looking at the economic calendar. And any other thoughts on what we could see this week from any major bumps that are coming up? You've got so much in this oh, calendar. I love it. Talk a really, really good thing to remember coming up this week because we have GDP on Thursday. There's been so much talk of GDP in the news. How much is it going to just tank, right? People really need to remember GDP is super delayed. So this is still Q1. It's going to be coming out on Thursday. So it's not going to reflect the big drop that we're looking for. You might even see some people saying, oh, well, GDP was only down a little bit, not as much as people thought, but that'll be because it's Q1. So Q2 is what we're looking for next month. Definitely a review mirror indicator. I just love what you're doing on here, man. Everything on your website is well-organized. It's clear. It's concise. I kind of go between the MBS live chat and then the news stream is some of my favorite, although I'm glancing all over everywhere. This is up all the time. Folks, you need to have this up on your website as well. Thank you so much. Tell them about the code, Dave. LOL. You set up your free (laughs) trial. You put in the code LOL for Licking on Lending. And you'll yeah, double it. your free time and you'll get around the uh, credit card requirement. <laughs> so it's a really yeah, easy way good. to check things out. Yeah. MBSlive.net. You got LOL. Matt, thanks so much for being with us. Yeah, it's great to have you. Have a great one. Appreciate it so much. Hey, you too. Thank you. Alice Alvey, good to have you here. What did you do for Father's Day? Did you take good care of that handsome husband of yours? He is such a man's man. Did you go fishing with him again? I'll never forget the podcast you did, Alice, when you were in the fishing boat. That was so funny. Well, it's been 11 years now that we're doing this show. And yes, over the times I've had various times circling airport parking lots, hotels, you name it. And there was one time I was fishing. Yeah, fishing on Saturday and had loads of fun. Like you guys, Andy's treat was he got to sit while I did the yard work. Oh, yeah. (laughs) What's so fun is we celebrate your knowledge. You celebrate what a professional you are, Alice. We also celebrate that amazing marriage you have with that incredible guy. I love him. Yeah, he's pretty amazing. I'm pretty lucky. 42 years. Yes. 42 years. And you're still in love. Love it. What do you have for us today on the legislative update? Well, first, I'd like to throw in my quick notes about Hugh Ross and Tim Ross. For those of you who have not met them, I have known them both for probably 30 years. They're just a wonderful family-run mortgage company, which just by itself can have a lot of challenges. I tell stories of Hugh Ross. He literally was such a founder in mortgage banking that the wealth of knowledge, that generation that is Mm. now leaving us. He was from the generation that had to get in their car, drive to New York in order to make a trade, right? That's how they got their 102,000 for their $100,000 loan to turn around and drive back to Detroit so they could lend it again. And and the term going to the window, he would go to the windowsill because that's where the loans were stacked when you put him in his car and go to the window. Go to the window, go get in the car and drive to New York. So anyway, that's my two cents on Tim and Hugh Ross. Wonderful wonderful organization. Lot to learn from there. Wonderful people, Uh, yeah. Well, uh, my quick tip for the day really is 
As people start getting back to work, there's varying degrees from far left to far right of how people feel about where we're at with COVID in relationship to your personal life and your work life from a mortgage life standpoint and how you are documenting your income and self-employed borrowers, we really can't let up. Fannie and Freddie have published some pretty tight self-employed guidance that came out a few weeks ago. I just wanted to make sure all of our listeners who are highly educated really recognize how critical this is and how much documentation it takes now to actually get a self-employed borrower approved and looking at their year-to-date earnings. When you read the extent of how far you have to be confident with their year-to-date P&L, it's a little easier, but for the beginning part of the year, you now have to have information within 60 days. But as we keep going through the year, do not expect that this is going to go way rapidly. And I know that we just talked about maybe things turn around, but it's going to take a while before there's any confidence in there that self-employed really has a lot of stability without having to go through all this extra documentation. So everyone needs a heads up there. Another piece that we see in the industry as an issue is this concept of projected income on the government loans. A lot of lenders have said, no, and I say projected, it's really future income. Like I'm a teacher, I have a contract, especially this time of year. I'm due to start in September, but I'm not actually working now. Fannie Mae is the only one that's come out and said, this guidance is still good. Freddie doesn't have a comfort level with those in the first place. So we don't recommend Freddie for that. Be careful of your government loans. Those are really still going to be very high risk for any type of future income, even if you do have a contract. So just a heads up for lenders that of some of the risks that we're still seeing in the industry as it relates to income. So that's my update today, Dave, since legislative-wise, thank goodness. Alice Alvey, thank you so much. You and Andy are such dear friends. We're so grateful that you're here each and every week and have been faithfully for over 10 years. Thank you so much. Appreciate you. Have a great week. Say hi to Bill and Al and the whole team there at Union Home Mortgage, for which Alice is the vice president. Thanks so much for being here. Alice, have a great week. Appreciate you you so much. You bet. Alan Pollock's here with the tech update. Before we go there real quick, I just want to give a real shout out to our friends at Finastra. They do a great job of creating some great products. I encourage you to check out their POS system. Remember, I misspoke last week. I said they had 14,000. It's 1,400 clients using this product across the nation. You need to check it out. If you haven't, go over to Finastra.com. Look at their mortgage banking systems. A full, complete solution. Third largest fintech company in the world. Alan Pollock, good to have you here, friend. What you got for Good to be here. Happy Father's Day to everybody that is listening, that is a father as well. So a couple of things. One, this stat just blew me away. Groupon was such a big voice, and I think so many companies were using it before COVID. One year ago, Groupon had 55 million visitors. They have now dropped to 25 million visitors in May. That's more than a 50% drop. I'm averaging some numbers here. So Groupon is losing some market share. And uh, some of it obviously is COVID related, but the big major drops happened actually uh, December, January. So I thought that was kind of interesting. So I don't know if anyone does any advertising on Groupon, but it's something to think about. One of those things. This is interesting. I don't always switch over to Retech, which is real estate tech. But I saw some things I thought were worth mentioning. This was a great article, and I think it you know plays well into what we do every day. Tune virtual buyers into a home set. 
is what the article is called. And it says, when moving from room to room, remember to tell your viewers with the screen, technology can't tell them. And it's true, right? When you think about all mm-hmm. the great technology we have, we, we've been mentioning the word empathy, right, the last couple of weeks. It's so important to have empathy and remember that you're talking to a human and technology is a helpful assistant, but it's not a replacement of us as humans. And so remember to let your viewers know what, what the room smells like when you walk into it. So I thought that was a great article. You can check it out. We'll put that article link in our yeah. show notes. This is another good one. Uh, realtors can promote live virtual open homes on the HomeSnap platform. And you can do it through your iPad or your iPhone or your Android phone. And what's great is with not only attendance because of COVID, probably people are reluctant to go to open houses. Realtors need a way to be able to advertise. And so having technology available on all your devices anywhere, we call it omni-channel quite often, uh, is right. a great thing. And if you work at all alignment with any realtors or anyone on the HomeSnap platform, it's something new they have. And of course, for those of you that have those unique relationships with different realtors and builders and such, maybe you want to take a look at it. But realtors can have promote those live virtual open houses. So that's pretty cool. All right. Yeah. So more directly mortgage related stuff. There's a group out there called RMD. It's called Reverse Mortgage Daily. And they're hosting their first ever demo day. And what's unique about it is there's so much going on with reverse mortgages, new programs, new ways to structure those kind of deals that this is a virtual demo day. It actually is going to occur on September 3rd. And it's going to support all the different technology providers that have signed up for the virtual demo day. If you're interested in getting into reverse mortgages or are you in that space, I know uh, one of our one of our good friends is and you'd be yep. able to, to take a look at that. So RMD, it's called Reverse Mortgage Daily. And David, I thought this was interesting. We talk about data all the time mm-hmm. and you see these articles, right? Is Are refinancing volumes leveling out? Is the purchase market coming back? Really, it's kind of interesting. I think geographically things change. I think certain areas, home values are still rising. Some are flat. Certain places, inventory is low. Take a look at your data, right? If you want to get a better feel for what your originators are doing out there and you want to truly understand the kind of loans and is it changing and how does it really affect your business? You can't always go by what you're reading and hearing. Take a look at your data. If you're not doing BI, there's a lot of companies that support it. You can always reach out to TMS advisors as well. Uh, But your data tells a huge story. If you haven't started looking at it, you definitely want to do so. But your data will tell you and you can benchmark that versus what the industry is doing. And actually, David, our good friends at the Mortgage Collaborative, they think they call it the TMC benchmark where the different members submit certain metrics and they get to benchmark themselves versus the rest of the, the collaborative, which is a very interesting thing. Yeah. So if you're a member of uh, TMC, you can make sure you check that out. This is another good one, David. This is really important. There's a lot of scams with COVID going on. The article that M report talks to calls them fraudsters. I love when we give them a positive spin. You know, fraudsters sounds like a cool word, but with the skill of digital marketing, they're targeting victims through online ads, email solicitations, you name it, search terms like forbearance, refinance, and the Scammers do two things. The two most important things that were mentioned in the article. First is the scammers may insist that homeowners make mortgage payments to them while they negotiate with the lender. And the second is they may even ask the homeowner to sign papers or loan modifications that get buried in a pile of a document that surrenders title. So borrowers are getting confused. So technology that you offer to your borrowers that is direct and secure engagement is extremely critical. And I know that there's not a lot of technology solutions right now in our industry that are supporting the request for forbearance or for other options. So they're continuing to come out. I think there's a lot of innovation around that. In the next couple of months, we'll start to see some unique things happen there. Uh, but more importantly, just call your lender. And if you need to advise your clients and their friends to call their lender directly, you want to have them do that. But anyways, 
I thought that was really interesting. And there's a CFPB site that actually talks about that. So I think technology will help fix that. But the fraudsters continue to fraud us. And uh, you want to take a look and be careful of that. When we talk about rate resets, right, we look at opportunities, prepayment risk, technology. So HSBC just partnered with a company called Rate Reset. They're calling it the Knock Knock platform. That's K-N-O-C-K. <laughs> yes, sir. And, Saw this. And it's branded as Easy Reset. Basically, when a customer's ready for their rate reset, they're trying to send them through a digital experience to help them yep. refinance and recapture that business. Fantastic idea. Another innovative way to use technology and just help keep that customer's digital journey intact, the relationship intact. So kudos to HSBC. I know TD Bank's done a lot of great stuff in that kind of area as well. Yeah. Uh, so all good stuff. Yeah. And, and then the other thing, David, really to talk about is technology adoption. And this is really unique. We write tech wrong application and we seem to fail on the fact that we want all these great technology solutions, especially in a time like this where we have to acquire a lot of technology. I think we were getting to a great point before this year where things were slowly costing us less money. But now we've got to reinvest in more technology, right? We know that borrowers are not going to come face-to-face and door-to-door as often. We know that we need those digital experiences to support more of that. We want more empathy. And so adoption is such a critical part. So I'm going to start off uh, today by mentioning one part of it, but next week I think we'll talk a little bit deeper about it, but I didn't want to leave us hanging uh, on the wire. Housing Wire Pulse has a fantastic article, and I think we briefly mentioned it, how technology adoption falls short of expectations and how mortgage lenders can ensure that their teams actually leverage the software they're paying for. And the article talks about a gym analogy. And the gym analogy is you only get the results if you use it. You can't just join a gym and lose weight or get more fit, right? You have to actually use it. And it's, it's the very same thing with technology. And we know that changing our process with our technology vendors as we implement it is very hard. There's integrations, there's data formats, there's things that sometimes are just way over our heads, lenders. And so it takes time. And we have to make sure that when we've prepared well, we can't leave it up to the vendors to help us prepare. The vendors are only going to prepare for what they know, and we can't blame them for what they don't know. And each of our operations as lenders runs completely different. Not everyone is exactly the same. And those legacy systems have to be aligned. And sometimes they're not systems, they're processes. And believe it or not, legacy processes are just as hard to modify or change as they are of older systems. Sometimes it could be even harder. And so how do we ease in the process? How do we slow roll? How do we get those great trainers, those supportive folks within our organization that have the message from our top leadership and continue to bring that message forward and show involvement and continuation from everyone involved that we have these small goals we want to meet and we want to celebrate that success. And we include our vendors and we slowly ease in more features and more of that. I'll leave you with that thought today. If you're in the middle of a technology project, either you've gone sideways. And by the way, Andy Shell's wife is a consultant that deals with some of these exact projects. I've worked with her on a few and she's fantastic at it. But if you need someone like that, TMS Advisors does a great job of that. But you need someone that can help you better frame that technology project so that it is truly going in the right direction. And I know folks don't like project managers, but you really do need a project manager to help make sure you're dotting those I's and crossing those T's. It is so frustrating when people start doing the blame game and the finger pointing. No one's perfect. Technology's not perfect. Contracts try and make everyone perfect, but it just doesn't work out that way. And so there is a uh, huge yeah. human aspect and that human aspect needs to be there. So we'll talk more about that, but just remember empathy and uh, these projects are not easy to get over. 
over. Uh, you want to celebrate success and you want to double think what you're doing. Make sure you're going in the right path. Thank you so much. I got to double down on the Teresa Shell. She is amazing and has a great amount of knowledge and does a great job. And I appreciate anyone who's willing to take on that role because it's a thankless role. You've done that. And you've got open clothes you work with. And then we got all the other products we had talk about here on the podcast. It's a thankless job at times. I appreciate you bringing her up. That's a good shout out. I appreciate that very, very much, Alan. Have a great one. And I know you work with Tim Ross, so I didn't realize Tim Ross and the Ross Mortgage is so well known across the platform, especially amongst our listeners. So that's good. Thank you so much, Alan. Have a great rest of your week, friend. You too. Andy Shell, the Profit Doctor is here. Dr. Andy Shell. I always need to know he's okay. got another doctor. So when you get the double doctor, when you get the doctor in communications, are we going to have to go Dr. Doctor, Andy Shell? Dr. Doctor? No, you always can call me. Hey, you. Yeah. Jeff, absolutely. It was so great seeing you over the weekend. Uh, I thank Alan for the mention of uh, Teresa. So this morning, she had one virtual environment running, configuring open close where Alan works. Also, yep. she had another virtual environment open where she's configuring Encompass for another client. And then this afternoon, she has like four different Encompass configurations she's got to fix. <laughs> so um, crazy, crazy stuff. Wow. But thank you, Alan, for crazy. the shout out. That's so nice of him. Yeah, good guy. All right. You said something about a family business, and I, I just love that. That's going to be your Father's Day segment. That's good. So since the topic of today's show is Father's Day, and you're going to yep. run the special segment with Mr. Ross, I thought it would be fun to talk a little bit more about Father's Day and family. Dave, here at MBS, the company that today Chuck and I own, we have six family members working in the business, either family members or, well, kids and spouses. So there's there's like a lot of them. And it's really a joy to be able to share business events and business activity with family. But And I know you're going to talk about the, the Rosses and how they've spent a lifetime working together, but that there's some challenges that come with it that we need not minimize because it can lead to tremendous conflict and discord in the family if you don't consider some of these important dynamics because it's truly a blessing to have a family business with family members in the business, but there's also a challenge in having a family business, oh, yeah. particularly yeah. around performance corrections and what that means. What does performance correction mean? Well, it means telling your son or your daughter or your wife that wasn't good enough, or you don't say it that way. But it's really important to protect yourself from the reality of having challenges in a family business. And part of the way you do that is by being fair and objective. It's also helpful when you need to be fair and objective to get third-party insight too. Non-family members can actually add a tremendous value when there is a family-owned business. There's one mortgage company, fairly substantial mortgage company that I'm advising where the company is owned by family members. And so we're talking about how to create the communication dynamics because the family members have been family members all their lives. And so the life experience of being with someone carries over into the experience when you're working together and that can bring challenges. So here's some things that we've done at MBS and things that I advise others who have family businesses to help protect this. And, and the very first thing is being cognizant of do not set someone up to fail. Yeah. It's so exciting to be able so to bring good. your daughter in and say, hey, you can do this task for us. But what if she can't? Or what if she's not trained? Or what if she just flat out doesn't want to? There's a whole 
story around this called the Abilene Effect that we'll talk about some other time. It basically is where people think the other person wants to do something because everybody does what they think the other person wants to do and the reality is none of them wanted to do it. So just because you invite someone to help you in a business doesn't necessarily mean that they want to. So you need to be honest and transparent about joining together to do that. And then when you do bring in a family member, they've got to be thoroughly trained, not just a little bit trained, not just kind of trained, not like even a normal employee. They need to be rock solid, got it down. They have both the skill set to be successful and they have the training to implement the skill set that they developed to legitimately be successful in the job. It's just so important because you don't want someone to set up to fail. It'll be a memory that people carry every Thanksgiving dinner and it's just not worth the grief. Just don't go there. Don't put people in positions where they're going to fail. Take time. Be very, very judicious about how you bring people up. Just be very cautious. It's awesome to have a family business. I love it. I very much appreciate being able to work with my kids in the business, but it's a challenge. So get someone like Dave to come contribute. Is that really the right dynamic? Or let's think about that. How do we help them be successful? If you always have that mindset of how can we help them be successful rather than they didn't go fast enough, they didn't do that right, they missed this closing date, they messed that up. Well, what does it take to be successful? What are the steps? What are the dynamics that enable them to be successful? And it can also cause a lot of trouble with other staff if you cut them a break. Treat your family members universally among all employees. Not worse, not better. It's like the coach's son always gets to bat first. So it's always be fair and objective. That's good stuff because it's a good reminder. Family businesses are dynamic and all businesses are dynamic and you just can see what can happen there. And I worked in one of those for a while and that's why I admire you for being able to do that successfully. I have not been able to, and but I've got my kids in the mortgage industry, at least one of them I admire. you got a great family, Andy Shell. I'd be sure to say hi to Teresa. She'll be blushing somewhere in the background. They talked about me on the radio. Appreciate <laughs> you. And say hi to James, one of the brightest young men that's such a promising uh, career. A lot of reason I have a hope for mortgage and lending is because of James uh, Shell and what he's going to be bringing as he continues to grow in it. So appreciate you, Andy Shell. Good to have you with us. Guess what, folks? This is a still secret. I'm trying to talk Andy Shell into doing his own podcast because there's so much wisdom. And I think we're almost there. So come on, everybody. I was going to mention today that I am going to be launching the Dr. Shell the Prophet podcast. It's just, yes. I got to get the LMS tuned up. There's some pieces I got to put together. But I'm getting yep. there. And it was a great encouragement from you, Dave, because my problem is how good is good enough means it's never good enough. And that's yeah. part of my challenge is I'm a, when it comes to my own performance, all of us. Yep. I'm a per- perfectionist beyond measure, and which, which can be paralyzing. So I appreciate you, Dave, for helping me be more balanced about that. Well, I believe in what you have. I believe in your message. And I think the, the biggest thing is we need guidance out there. And I think you bring so much and we don't have time to cover even even scratch the surface with this little segment. So I'm excited to have you launching that and doing anything I can to help you be successful out there. We'll definitely get Thank behind you. it and promote the heck out of it. That wraps up this week's first part of the podcast. Remember, this is a two-part podcast. We now break our regular podcast, our live podcast, into two segments. i got to give another shout-out to Matt at MBS Live. While we're sitting here, we get these dings, and we get look at what's coming on. He texts us out what's going on. Did you get text messages from whoever you're working with? Come on. Check out mbslive.net. All right. Good job, Matt. I love the screens. I love what you're doing here, friend. Well, that wraps up this week's regular podcast on the update of what's going on in the market. Okay, that was the wrap. Great podcast. Next week, we got to have a Rajesh 
Bot coming on, who is CEO and co-founder of Roostify. I recorded this last week as well. Looking forward to this interview. Very, very good. And you'll enjoy it as well. But be sure to come back and tell others about the podcast. Special thank you to our sponsors, Finastra, CMLA, Indicom, Incelerate, Ainsworth Advisors, Mobility RE, Modex, and a whole lot more. Check out our advertiser page. We're so grateful for all of our advertisers. They're so good, and it makes it possible to produce this for you each week. Tell others about it and share it. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Have a great week. You've been listening to Lickin' on Lending, a weekly mortgage market update with your host, David Lickin of Transformational Mortgage Solutions. Join us next week, and thanks for listening.